Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Awesome. This is what I look like without a mask. I do have a goatee, if you didn't know that. You know how you see people, like, I think this is the first time I said, I'm, I can't wear my mask today, because I learned when I was teaching in a class that if you wear your mask, you, you feel like you're cultivating COVID the next day, because my throat was so sore from trying to thrust it through that mask. So I said, if I'm going to speak in chapel today, I, I'll, I, will, I will down the mask and try to keep the microphone further away. But uh, it's super exciting for me to be here today and to be sharing from chapel, from the stage. I feel like the Lord has, has given me a word. I, I think it's a word that uh, has been cultivating. You ever had it where God gives you a word that kind of lasts for a long time? And this is like, it's almost like chapter two of, of the word he gave me last year. Um, so I'm really excited to share that with you uh, this morning. But as we get ready, let's just uh, open. Let's stand. If you can, stand with me. Let's just pray together as we just... Uh, Get ourselves ready, Lord God. We come to you this morning. We dedicate this time to you, Lord. We are yielded. We are ready. We are willing. We are open. Speak to us, Lord, in the ways that only you can. Father, we lift up to you our community right now, whatever the needs might be in our community. Lord, for those who need a touch from you, for those who need strength from you, for those who who are reaching out as as the waves around them get larger, may they reach out and, and get a grip of your hand and that you may raise them up. For those who are sick, for those who are hurting, for those who are lonely. Lord God, that you would give us a special touch for those people in our community. And for those of us, Lord, who are doing okay right now, Lord, some of us are doing okay. We're, in, we're encouraged, we're strengthened. Lord, may you continue to blow your wind of your spirit upon those, Lord, that we may bless our community, we may encourage our community, that we may be your hands and your feet extended. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, in your place, in this chapel, at the center of this day, to worship you, to hear from you, and to be challenged by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, you, may be, you may be seated. Say, I want to, uh, do, we, do we have that link? Chris, did we get that done, our prayer link? So one of the things that we've been talking about with our, with our, uh, our chapel administration team is like this, this how do we do prayer? We want to pray for people. We want to lay hands on people and pray for the sick. And we're like, how do we, in this time of transition and shifting and difference, uh, how do we do prayer? And so uh, we've been talking about that, and for years we have done online, you can submit your prayer request, and that used to, to go to Judy Jones, and she would submit it, and we'd get those, and we'd, we'd pray for them, but how do we advertise that? How do we talk about it? And so this is not a new thing, but it is something that I don't know if we've done the best job in, in articulating, and so I wanted to kind of launch today, and hopefully going forward, that there's a, there's a place, this is a, a quick link. If you've got a prayer request, even as we sit in chapel, as, as I share, if there's something that God moves on your heart that you need someone to pray with you about, to, to feel a touch of, of God in your life because something you need from him, uh, if you need us to join with you, to stand with you, and we want to know about that. And, and I've been advising and working with our leaders of Praise Gathering and Renda and Upper Room and, and our CAT team, and we've been saying, how do we get a community of prayer? And, and this is just one part. We can pray at any point, but if there's a time where you need prayer, 
um, we want you to submit that so that we can, we can pray for you. We can, if you want to be followed up, we can reach out and, and connect with you. Um, and so we're going to have that up. So if you have a, a need today, feel free to um, submit that prayer request. You can also find it on Skyline if you're looking to see who the chapel speakers of the day at the bottom of that little section in Skyline. It's going to be a link that says, if you have a prayer request, please submit it, because we want to be praying for you and with you in, in, in whatever uh, may be on your heart at the moment. All right, so let's jump into to the Word. You ready? You ready for the Word of the Lord? You ready for a challenge today? All right, well, here we go. So I'm gonna, I told you this is a little bit of a chapter two for me. You didn't hear chapter one. I never shared it with, with this group last year. But last year, I felt like the Lord dropped on my heart for our team this, this kind of play on word uh, that I called climate change. And if you say it fast, it sounds like climate change. But it's actually spelled C-L-I-M-B-I-T, change, climate change change, right? You get that? You with me? And the reason why I did that is because I was challenging my team. This was way back last year where I said, if, if you think that you can breathe with the atmosphere that you have at the bottom of the mountain, the same way that you're going to breathe at the top of the mountain, we're in big trouble. Because as you climb a mountain, as you climb up things, the atmosphere changes, dynamics change, things change. And if we're not willing to, to adjust and change with the climate, we're going to be in trouble. Because what we have at the bottom of the mountain, and I have a, a picture here, we throw that, I got some pictures to help us today, right? This idea of climbing Everest, the president was talking about Everest, he visited Everest last year. And, and it was this idea that if we think we're going to be able to breathe the same at the top, we're in trouble. And when you climb Everest, you've got to do a climatization when you go up and down and up and down and up and down and it's it's kind of exhausting but you're doing it because you're building up the ability to deal with the climate at the top of the mountain as we climb up and down the mountain that was last year and as we came into this year it, it was strange because I'm like I'm like you know I don't know about you but you, I'm panting like oh, oh, I don't feel like I don't know what we're doing sometimes in this COVID era this is not how I plan to climb a mountain and uh, and I was I was just praying about these things, and, and, and I really felt like just a few weeks ago, the Lord dropped a kind of a second chapter in it, and, and, it, and it looked like this. He says, you got to get higher. Go up, 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 up. And I want to go straight sometimes. I don't know about you, but when I'm kind of doing things that I feel like the Lord's calling me to, I want to go straight. Like, I see where I want to go, and I want to go there. And I see how I want to do it, and I want to do it like this, or I want to do it better, or I want to, you know, put more into what we did last year, and I want to go straight. And then God says, you need to go up. And I'm like, up is not in a straight direction. Up is not, you know, moving forward. Up is, I don't know what up is, but I just felt like this deal is you got to climb, 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 climb. I'm like, what is this climb? And so as I was preparing today to share with you, I really felt the Lord said, I want you to talk about climbing up and what I've shared with you. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. And, and, I, and I entitled this message, Get a Grip. We're going to be here a while. Get a grip. We're going to be here a while. And I kind of thought about putting like free climbing. Now, I'm not a rock climber. I don't do any of that climbing, right? I don't even do hiking. Like hiking is, is, is weird, right? Jeremy does hiking. I like, how is your hike? I, I don't do hiking. I definitely don't do climbing, but I do like pictures and analogies. And I, I thought of like the free climbers that don't have the ropes and they're just like hanging from like some rock. Like, um, you know, if you slip, you die, right? Like this, this get a grip. And, and I imagine like those guys like get a good grip because you're going to be hanging here for a while while I try to figure out where my next handhold is, my next stronghold that I've got to do. But I wanted to talk about this idea of get a grip, and you're going to see how that, how that works in this climbing analogy. 
And I want to take us to a chapter in 1 Samuel 22. And uh, for sake of time, I'm just going to turn around and read it from here. So as, as, as to, to kind of set us up for this, this space, right? So David, and we pick up David. David's being chased by Saul. I think we're familiar with this story. He's trying, you know, Saul's trying to kill him. Jonathan has just had dinner with his dad to go in and say, no, David, dad doesn't want to kill you. And he's like, trust me, he wants to kill me. He's like, let me go have dinner with him. He goes, has dinner with him. And he's like, I'm going to kill that boy of yours. I'm going to take him down. And he's like, yeah, you better get running. And he had the arrows, which he shot past the rock. If I shoot the arrow past the rock, that means get out of Dodge, get out of Dodge now, right? So David goes, he figures he's got to leave and he flees. And he flees actually to Gath, which is where, where our other friend Goliath was from, right? Goliath of Gath. And he, and he actually hides out in Gath until the king realizes that David is hiding in Gath. And then the king says, we don't need David. The guy who killed our champion, Goliath, it's bad for business to have him in here. And he needs to get David out. And David starts acting like a madman. He starts scratching on the gates, drooling in his beard. And, he, and the king says, we got enough madmen around here. Just go away, right? So David runs away again. And we pick up David in verse 22, and he's, he's going to this place that's known as uh, Adullam. So it says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Verse 2, all those who were, with, who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. Now, I stopped there because I thought he was with college students during COVID. That's what I actually thought when I read that. You know, for those who are distressed, in debt, (laughs) or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah in Moab, and he said to the king of Moab, would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them there with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold, was in the stronghold. We talk about strongholds a lot in our, in our work. It's like breaking down strongholds, right? These things in our life, like addictions is a stronghold, or, or these, these things that you don't want to like pray and break down the strongholds. And yet strongholds are military spaces that were actually super powerful and very important. And, and David's fleeing from, from Saul. He doesn't really know what he wants to do. He doesn't want to go. And, and, and God says, climb, 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 climb. Now, I've got a picture there. That, that there is, is uh, where the cave of Adullam is. Now, I used to think caves were like, you know, kind of up in a big rocky thing. And there's like a little cave, a little bear in there or something. You know, but, but actually the caves are more like what you see if you've been, like I, I used to live down in, in the, the Ozarks down in Springfield, and you, you, there's caves all the places down there. They don't look like there's a cave, but then suddenly you go in there, it's like, wow, this is all underground. This is incredible caverns. So this, this location where this is, this is like the valley, um, the valley of, of Elah where he actually slayed Goliath, right? So he's stuck in this cave system. It's 13 miles west of Bethlehem, so it's probably a cave system that he might have actually gone to as a kid, because remember, he's a shepherd. He's outside of Bethlehem. He's roaming around, right? So this is this place. So he can see his hometown, Bethlehem, right, over there. He can see where he slayed Goliath years before, and he's stuck or, or positioned in this place that is referred to as the strongholds, of which if you go and look in there, there's so many cabins under there. There was like, like 400 men that could, that could be in there. So he's in this cave, and I just wonder what it would be like for David to say, you got to climb up, get up, get to a high place, get to a rock, get to a place where, where I can protect you 
uh, from, what, from what's going on. And, and so I, I felt like that was this idea of like, am I willing in this season to camp out in a stronghold? Am I able to find a place that would be considered a stronghold? It doesn't look like much on the outside, but underneath there's this system where I can stay and I can seek God. So I want to talk about strongholds. As I thought about the strongholds, getting to higher ground would, is, is kind of this process. I want to go straight. I want to see what God has for me. I want to do what God's called me to do. And then God says, go up. Go up into the stronghold. This is not the direction I want to go. He says, get up. Right? One time, I don't know if you, you ever remember this, in, in two, 2004, there was a tsunami. I don't know how old you were in 2004, but how old you were, I, I don't know. I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't that old in 2004, no. 2004, there was this tsunami that happened in Thailand. I remember this on the news. And, and it's, it's, you know, you can see it on YouTube now, which is really disturbing what we can see on YouTube. And there's this thing where the, the, if you've seen a tsunami, all the water goes out and it just takes off and it's just flat, right? And it's just the water's going out. And there's all these people, these tourists in Thailand that are saying, wow. Look at this. It's fascinating. Let's go down and get a closer look. And the water's retreating. It's amazing. And if you, if you are crazy enough like me to watch it on YouTube, there are people like, what are they doing? Get out of the way. They can't see what's coming. And there's this idea of getting to higher ground. There's a movie called The Impossible, which, which talks about this tsunami. And it's like they rescued people by getting them up into the hills. you got to get up into the hills. Get to higher ground. Because when the tsunami comes in, when the water comes in, when the surge comes in, we're going to be in big trouble. But I really want to have a vacation. I, I planned a vacation. I'm going to sit on the beach. You know, it's probably just a little wave, and they're going up, 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 up. Got to get up. But here's the thing with climbing, whether it be in a stronghold or, or wherever it is when this, there's this move, is I just felt like climbing takes three things. Climbing takes courage. Climbing takes commitment. And climbing takes careful consideration. Climbing takes courage. Climbing takes commitment. And climbing takes careful Consideration. If you want to climb like a, a rocky outbreak like this, you got to say, well, that looks scary, but I'm willing to climb. Now, courage is not the absence of fear. I think we know that courage is the ability to work through fear, right? It takes commitment. Once you start this climb, there's kind of no going back. You got to keep going, right? It's like you've got to be committed to this. But it also takes careful consideration. And as we look at climbing into what I feel like God is saying, that we need to create this stronghold, that there is a stronghold, this space where he can meet with us, this space where he can protect us, the space that he has carved out for us that looks a little bit different to maybe what we wanted to do, that looks a little bit different to maybe where we wanted to go, where David is in this stronghold. It's going to take courage. It's going to take commitment. And it's going to take careful consideration. In fact, climbing, you could change that as I thought about this. And you could say faith takes courage, takes commitment, and takes careful consideration. Uh, Prayer takes courage, takes commitment, and careful consideration. Leadership takes courage, takes commitment, and takes careful consideration. 
Joshua, as we read about Joshua, it's an earlier story than, than David, right? We know that famous verse in Joshua 1, 6, be strong and courageous, right? It's going to take courage. He says to be committed to what is before him, Jericho, a stronghold that he has to take down. And that final chapter in, in Joshua, Joshua also gives a great speech where he says, choose for you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Climbing takes careful consideration. But what of the waiting? What if the waiting when we're sitting in this cave? Waiting in a stronghold is different to stopping, right? Some people hear like waiting and, but what I feel like, are you telling me to stop? God is not always telling us to stop when he's telling us to wait. He's telling us to wait. Just because you're, you're not moving forward does not mean you're not progressing. Just because you're not moving forward does not mean that you're not progressing. God is, is doing something. God is, God is doing something here at North Central that we have no idea what he's doing. It, it takes a lot more energy and courage and commitment to stay with things then maybe it does to leave. And I've been here 17 years. And people say, why have you been here in 17 years? It's like, because I want to see what's going to happen. I don't want to be in the groups like, I used to work there when, you know, now this great thing is happening. It's like, I still work there because I want to stay, because I want to stay and see what God's going to do. I want to be here long after you guys have be here so that I can say I was here when. Right? I wish I had little little buttons because I'm a bit of a button guy I've always been a button not not buttons isn't like the big you know political buttons like trophy buttons you know little little pins I used to work at JC Penney but that was like my when I was almost working illegally which I wasn't but I'm not quite sure to this day but I maybe didn't file my taxes because they said you're not sure if you can be working because I was an F1 visa carrying immigrant you know so I'm, I wasn't quite sure but I worked at JC Penney when I was in college and if you did a really good job and you got a letter from someone they give you a little pin and go under your badge right here, all right? And if you got, if you got five go- silver pins, then you got a gold pin. And I had people that had like all these medals. I'm like, I want to get a medal like that. I want a little pin. And I, I kind of want to have different pins for things at North Central. Like I want to have a Super Bowl pin because I was here when the Super Bowl came and, and we thought we were all going to die that time too because it was crazy and it was weird and we were studying for how to do the Super Bowl for like two years and I kind of wanted a Super Bowl pin, right? Um, I, I, want, I, wanted to have a, I wanted to have a George Floyd pin because that was, that was really amazing and a great opportunity. I want to say I was, I was here when that happened. I got that pin. I want to have a COVID pin, right? I want to have a COVID pin. I was here when COVID happened. I'd love to have these, these pins. But you don't get pins if you don't stay, right? You don't get these, these if you will, accolades, not that we're striving for accolades, but these testimonies, these stories, which everybody loves to hear the story. Nobody ever wants to write it with you, though, right? Like Paul with his, his pin of, of shipwrecked pin. Yeah, I got the shipwrecked pin. You got one of those ones, you know? I got the beaten pin. I got beaten a few times. I got a couple of those pins, 
right? It's like, I don't want any of those pins. It's like, boy, I wish I had a testimony like you. And it's like, no, you don't. Because when the testimony is getting written, you seem to take off. You seem to run away. You don't want to stay. You get, you know, it's like, I want to have a stronghold pin, right? It's when I was in the stronghold. I got the pin. Because just because you're waiting or just because you're, you're in this space that is not going forward like you think doesn't mean you're not progressing. It doesn't mean you're not learning. It doesn't mean you're not growing. It doesn't mean God's not doing stuff. In fact, it can be completely the opposite, that in the stronghold, sometimes the greatest things are taking place if we would just wait and seek and listen. You may feel like you're at a standstill, but my challenge is to consider your spiritual surroundings and climb into God's stronghold that he has set up for you right here. Because from higher ground, not only do you get safety from higher ground, but you also get perspective, right? You also get perspective. And it may feel counterintuitive. It may feel like wasted energy. But in any great story, timing of when to hold and when to advance is often the difference between success And failure, knowing when to hold and when to advance. Big Gladiator fan, glad to be a movie. I love that scene where where he's standing in the Battle of Carthage and he's got all the guys around him and he's yelling out, you know, because he's got an Australian accent, so it's weird, hold, hold, you know, because he gives a speech, whatever comes out of those gates, we've got a better chance of survival if we work together, right? And they're all surrounded, and he's out there, and he's like, hold, hold, and there's that one guy that says, forget this, I don't want to stay, I don't want the pin, you know, and he runs out, and he's like, I don't want to be that guy, and it's like, hold, hold, because if we hold to the right moment, then we get to advance, but that timing is, is critical, So what does it look like when you see a cave and you think, boy, that's a cave, that's scary, versus seeing a cave and saying, there's a stronghold. There's a place that I can position myself, that I can hold. Is it a cave or is it a stronghold? Does it, does it look like a dark, lonely place? Or does it look like a secret place, which God calls us to? Does it look like a place of loneliness and abandonment, or does it look like a place of solitude, as Jesus would go into solitude to to hear and to speak with his heavenly Father? You know, Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, which I would like to say I think is the most quoted unread book out there, I decided, because I read it twice this summer. Actually, I listened to it on audio, and I'm like, there's no way people actually read this book. It's super weird and confusing, but there's probably a few out there. I would recommend reading it, but I love this line where he says, suffering ceases to be suffering when it has meaning. Suffering ceases to be suffering when it has meaning. And sometimes when we're in a stronghold, we're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what this means until we can find out what it means. I want to read... A psalm. We know that David wrote a lot of psalms in a lot of different places. But some of these psalms were written in caves. And I want to read, and I'm going to read this entire psalm to you from Psalm 27 because it talks about a stronghold. But I want you to read it. I want you to hear it 
through this idea of if God has us in a stronghold, what's he going to do while we're in this stronghold? Because I believe North Central is a stronghold down here in Minneapolis, right? In this city, I want people to surround, like, we can't get into North Central. It's like a stronghold, like a, a spiritual stronghold. And you would say, spiritual strongholds are bad. It's like, well, only if they're bad spiritual strongholds, because if, if God is in here, if we're in here, if the 400 men of God and women of God, if they were be, are in the stronghold, what can God do from this place? Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Here it is. The Lord is the, say it, stronghold. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and they'll fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though a war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Say it. Confident. Say it with confidence confident. Even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon his beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling place, in his dwelling place. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. Tabernacles were like these temporary setups, right, that we, that we read about when, when, when the Israelites were in the, this, this, the tabernacle, the dwelling, this, this space, but it was, it was a temporary dwelling. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy, and I will sing and make music to the Lord. Things that were done in the the tabernacle, things that can be done in the hiding place, things that can be done in the stronghold, I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. You've been my helper. Did you know you have a helper? I like helpers. That's like a a role that I play as a helper. I like to think I'm a helper. Student development, I like helpers. Your faculty, I like helpers. But God is a helper. Do not reject or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, O Lord, you will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foe, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still, everyone say still, still, confident. Say confident. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait. Wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. We have a new weapons policy. I had to get this approved. 
this is my wood sword. I'm like, what? We got to get him approved? Like, what about props? Yeah, props have to get approved. So this is a wooden sword. This part was actually made out of the old um, running boards in my house. I like to, I'm a kind of a craft guy. I like to make stuff. I like to make stuff because they're like spiritual things. I, sometimes I make it and I remember crafting the sword and, and making it, try to figure out how to make it. But I wanted to bring it today because I talked to you about get a grip. We're going to be here for a while. And I was talking to you about strongholds and how to get to strongholds. And that God can create these places where we can find, but we have to wait and we have to stand. And as we're reading about this cave of Adullam, I love it. There's this, it's also talked about in, in 2 Samuel 23. And in 2 Samuel 23, it's referred to because the cave of Adullam is when David's mighty men are talked about. And there's, the David has these 30, I say like 37, 38 mighty men, but there's these 30 mighty men that David has, and then there's these th- the three, they're called the three, and uh, the three are most renowned for at the cave of Abdullah is where, where uh, David said, what I wouldn't give for a drink of water from the, from the well of Bethlehem, and these three hooligans, right, tough guys, guys that probably say, you do it, no, you do it, you do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, right, they have to egg each other, they go, they go down and they get this, they break through the Philistine camp, they get a cup of water, and they bring it back to David, and he pulls it out, and I think, man, what it must be like to be a leader that has people that are willing to do that for you, right, sometimes we want to be David, sometimes like, how do I get to be a mighty man, how do I get to be a mighty woman of God, but one of the three in there, his name's Eliezer. Eliezer is a common Hebrew name, and it means God my help. It's also a, a connection to, to another term called the Aza, right? The Jehovah Aza is, is the Lord my help. Often Jehovah Aza is connected to the Lord is my help. The Lord is my strong tower. The Lord is my stronghold. The Lord is my shield. These terms. But this guy, his name is Eliezer. His name is the Lord my help. And I was reading about the cave, and as you go through and you research this, I came across this, this verse about it, but I kind of went up and I read around it, and I saw this story, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I want to share it with you. And it reads like this. Next to him was Eliezer, the son of Dodai, the Ohio, as one of the three mighty warriors. He was with David when they taunted the Philistines, gathered at Pass Damon, for battle. Then the Israelites retreated. What did they do? Retreated. Did they stay? No, they left. They left. That's why there's not, and the Israelites were all mighty men, because they all left. But Eliezer stood his ground, and he struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword, froze to the sword, froze to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. Then the troops all came back, but only to strip the dead, only to take the reward, only to take the the spoils of war. I don't know what Eliezer thought. If he's like, yeah, come on in, guys, grab it all. If he's like, oh, now you come back. Now you come back when it's easy. Now you come back when it's good. Now you come back. You're welcome, right? 
But he stood there holding his sword, fighting back the enemy for such a long time that his hand, have you ever, have you ever had something where you hold onto it so long you can't even open your hand? I mean, it, it wasn't like snowing, I don't believe, right? It's just this illustration that he's just held onto it. If you, if you kneel down too long and your legs fall asleep and you can't even get up, that you've been doing it so long, This word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Are we willing to hold on to this? To the presence of God? To the point that our hand is frozen to the sword. Frozen to what God wants to do in our lives, frozen to what God wants to do in this place, in this time. Are you willing to stand with me when it seems like we don't know what's going on around us? Are you willing to hide out in the stronghold with me as we sit and we write psalms, as we sit and we write songs, as we sit and we seek the Lord? If you read back kind of through that that. Uh, account where, where David takes his parents to Moab and he drops them off with the king and says, watch my folks. He says, he stayed with the king of Moab until the Lord had told David when it was time to leave the stronghold. He was going back to the stronghold. Watch my folks, I'm going back to the stronghold. And he stayed there until it was time to leave, until it was time that he could move on, until it was time that he could progress forward. We're going into spiritual life days beginning tomorrow. We're going to hear from Jeff. On Thursday, we'll hear from President Hagen and Reggie Dabbs. It's a time for getting into the stronghold. It's a time for hearing from God. It's a time for leaning in. Not a time to run away, but a time to find a space, to find a place that may feel like a cave, that may feel dark, that may feel alone, but it doesn't need to be that way when it can be a secret place, when it can be a stronghold from a place you can see and plan and prepare and wait and hear from the Lord and be encouraged by the Lord and get to know one another. Those guys had to really know each other if you're living in a cave for that long. So that when the army of the Lord went forth, they knew where to go, what to do, how to progress. Get a grip. Get a grip. Get a grip. We're going to be here for a while. We're going to be here for a while. And that's okay. Take a deep breath and get a grip. Because God is going to do a mighty thing in this place, through this place. And most importantly, you're going to be a part of that process. You are one of the distressed, the in debt, (laughs) the frustrated that came to this place and that God used. Stand. I'm going to worship here. Lead us in some worship as we meditate on the Word of God.